Life Audio. Hello, and welcome to the Daily Bible Podcast with Trisha and Michelle. We're just two friends reading through the Bible chronologically and encouraging you to do the same. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook, Daily Bible Podcast, or go to our website, dailybiblepodcast.net. We are going through the one-year chronological Bible, and we have links for that in our show notes and also at our website. And if you're on Facebook, make sure you check out our community group. Just look for Daily Bible Podcasts under groups. We would love to have you there. Um, I think all of us that have been going through the year are like, I can't believe we have been doing this, that we're making it through the year, that we've been diligent in our Bible reading. And maybe you haven't kept up, kept up. There's no keeping up. But with the pace of everyone, but the fact that you're in God's Word, you're connecting the community, it is growing your faith. I know it's growing my faith too. It's growing your faith and it's growing our knowledge of God. Mm -hmm. And it's growing our love of God. Mm -hmm. I mean, just sitting here reading his word. And just yesterday, we, Trisha, you and I were sitting there in awe of Paul and in awe of God's promises in Paul's life and what God was doing. And it just, it just can't, it, it grows our love. It grows our love. It can't help but not grow our love for God. Okay, so today we are reading Acts 28, and then we're moving on to Ephesians 1 and Ephesians 2. Can you believe we're at the last chapter of Acts? No. Like, what? Yeah. I, I think <laughs> as we come to the close of every book, we're always, there's a little tiny seed in us or a little tiny something in us that goes, <laughs> I don't want to leave this book because it's been so good. I'm actually like wanting things to slow down. I don't know. At the beginning, I'm like, why are we still in Job? Or why are we still in Leviticus? Now I'm like, can't this last a little longer? <laughs> well, and to me, as I look back, Job felt so long. I thought we were in Job for like over a month, or we were in Leviticus for over a month, or we were in Isaiah for like two months. And we really weren't. No. And now we're like, no, you're going too fast. Yeah, I know. But, now yeah. it's like we've only we've only been studying Acts for three days. <laughs> I know it's been longer, but it doesn't seem like it. <laughs> okay, so the chapter begins in chapter 28 with Paul and the shipwrecked crew. Um, so they survived the shipwreck. Remember, they're on the island of Malta. We talked about this yesterday. And the great apostle he gathered wood for the fire. Okay, so this is pretty probably cool. Because even though there's lots of other people that could have been gathering wood, it just shows Paul's servant heart that he was mm. out there. It was always evident. And as he's placing a bundle of sticks on the fire, a viper <laughs> emerges from the heat and latches onto his hand. And it's like a movie where things keep getting worse for the hero. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, like when I'm writing a novel, I'm like, ooh, let's make it even worse. Well, mm -hmm. things have gotten worse for Paul. And after seeing this poisonous snake hanging from his hand, the natives, so the people from the island, they're like, no doubt this man is a murderer who, though he has escaped the sea, yet justice does not allow him to live. Like they are thinking he is going to die um, because a viper, of course, a viper is latched onto his hand. And after shaking off the creature into the fire, like, I don't even know. Paul's like, so cool in my book right now. Yes. Let's just yes. shake off. Let's just shake off this viper into the fire. Um, then he doesn't die. Like nothing happens. And they say, okay, 
he's not dying. It's not swelling. And then they think he's a god. So at first they think. Well, he had well, to have been because everybody yeah. else would have died or swelled or, or swelled or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So like God didn't preserve Paul from the storm just to let him perish by the snake. Yeah. It's like he's like, I got this. Like there's a snake. Okay. Um, Paul was protected. It was promised that he would go to Rome. And we talked about this before in Acts 23, 11. And then Paul wasn't in Rome yet. So a quote from EnduringWord.com says, Paul had to be seen in extremes. Either he was terribly evil or considered a god. In truth, mm-hmm. Paul was neither a criminal deserving punish- punishment nor a god. This is all the more reason when we must be cautious about what others think of us for the good or the bad. Like they had all kinds of opinions. Yeah. Um, after that, those who survived the shipwreck were known were shown kindness by the local people, and they spent some time there. So during their stay, Paul miraculously heals the father of the chief official of the island, which leads to many others coming to be healed as well. So Paul's continued to minister. And after spending three months in Malta, Paul and his companions continued their journey to Rome on another ship. And when they finally arrive there, they're met by fellow believers who heard of his arrival. So once in Rome, Paul despite being under house arrest, is allowed to preach and teach about Jesus to both Jews and Gentiles who come to him. And that's just the coolest thing. Like God had a plan and he was preaching and teaching. So Paul's message about Jesus stirs mixed reactions from the Jewish leaders. Some believe while others are rejecting his message. And Paul quotes the prophet Isaiah, emphasizing the importance of understanding and responding to the message of salvation through Jesus Christ. Because these Jewish leaders, like, they believe in God and like they have the Torah, but Jesus, they're not sure about that. And the chapter concludes with Paul living in Rome for two years and he's preaching the gospel and he's teaching about Jesus and he does it under house arrest, but his message spreads widely, reaching both Jews and Gentiles. I want to just stop here for a second and think through the fact again that this was a promise that God gave Paul. And he said that you will preach in Rome. It was a mm-hmm. promise that he gave him. And, and I'm sure not, not that Paul doubted God in any way, but he's, he's under trial when God gave him this p- promise. How is that going to happen? Mm-hmm. And then he went through this shipwreck and yet God had promised that he would one day preach in Rome. Like, how would that happen? And God, then he's bit by the snake and. <laughs> Like, you're just like, God, how are you going to make this happen? And yet here he is living in Rome, still under house arrest, but he's preaching, he's sharing, he's like, you know, it goes back to, I guess, his, the, the promise from Ananias, God is going to have him suffer for the word. You mm-hmm. know, he is going to suffer for the word, but yet he's going to explode the word around the world. And, yeah. and such again god is a god of promises okay so next we get to a very special book ephesians so we just finished acts and now we're moving on to ephesians which ephesians was written while paul was was in those few years that paul was mm-hmm. in rome and um ephesians has been called the queen of epistles um it's 
been called the divinest composition of man, or even the Waterloo of commentators, because it's a book that explores the themes Mm -hmm. and the doctrines of Christianity. Charles Spurgeon said of Ephesians that you will see Christianity in one treatise. And he says, let him read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest the epistle of Ephesians. So this is about our Christian life. This is about what we know, what we we know to be true. And so um, remember, Paul in the past had spent three years in Ephesus. So he knows these people mm-hmm. well, and he wants to encourage him. And you'll notice at the beginning of Ephesians that Paul writes this to God's holy people in Ephesus. And other translations say saints. And listen to what Martin Lloyd-Jones says about this. Every Christian is a saint. You cannot be a Christian without being a saint. You cannot be a saint and a Christian without being separated in some radical sense from the world. And so there's so much packed into that sentence. There is freedom, there's beauty, there's love, but there's also a sense of duty. And there is a lot that comes with living a Christian life. It isn't easy. I mean, let's let's look at what Paul's gone through. We've talked about this today and in uh-huh. the days past, an assassin an assassination plots, trials, being held prisoner, a shipwreck, being lied about, and today bitten by a snake, but he wouldn't trade the life he's living for anything because he's a slave. He's a bond servant of our Lord. He's chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Mm -hmm. Jesus. And Paul shares with the Ephesians the wonderful blessing that we have because of Christ, the gift it is to be included in this family. We are united with Christ. We received an inheritance from God, but don't miss that everything will be brought under the authority of Christ. It sounds good, doesn't it? But don't miss these words, words like kindness, grace, freedom, wisdom, and understanding. They're all ours in Christ because he shed his blood for you and for me, for us, salvation. Mm-hmm. Again, remember, this is like the Christian treatise, as as Charles Spurgeon was saying. Paul moves on to talk about his prayers for the Ephesians, and notice that he isn't praying for health issues or job circumstances or the hangnail on Aunt Thelma's big toe. And and I only say that because not, not that we shouldn't pray for Aunt Thelma's mm-hmm. big toe, but Paul is saying he's asking that God would enlighten their hearts with more of him. Mm. And so as we ask for prayer requests or as we pray through others' prayer requests, there is nothing wrong about praying for per- somebody's circumstance and what they're walking through, their health circumstance mm-hmm. or whatever that is. But Paul is saying it is better to pray for their life with God, for their spiritual yeah. life. And What wonderful news, he says, we are made alive in Christ. Those who believe in him are no longer dead to sin or obeying Satan and the ways of the world. We are alive because God is so rich in his mercy and he has loved us so much. God saved you by his grace when you believed and you can't take credit for this. This is a gift from God. 
And I want to sit on his grace for just a second. Charles Spurgeon said that God has as much grace as you want, and he has a great deal more than that. The Lord has as much grace as the whole universe will require, but he has vastly more. Like he has more. Just mm. just think about that. He overflows with this grace. All the demands that could ever be made on the grace of God will never impoverish him or even diminish his store of mercy. There will remain an incalculable, in, basically, you cannot calculate God's grace. <laughs> mm-hmm. He said, there will remain more and more grace. He never runs out. And that, my friend, is such Mm. good news. There is so much more in these two chapters of Ephesians that I just can't do justice to it. So I hope you spent time in in reading today just sitting there and soaking up the goodness of all that God has for us because I love Ephesians. Ephesians is such a treat. And it really is the, basically, it's like the cherry or this, the whipped cream on top of the sundae. Um, because it, it, it really just helps us understand all that God did for us and really what our Christian life entails. And every like two verses, I'm like, Oh, I want to talk about this. Oh, wait, two yeah. more verses. Oh, I want to talk about this. Like there's yeah. so much. Like we could do a whole, month on Ephesians, just a couple chapters. I mean, there's it, it is so rich and it just ties up all of the things we've been learning through the year. It like ties it up in these very, very clear messages. Oh, yeah. It's just so good. Yeah. Well, we need to get to the word of the day, but first we need to hear from our sponsor. So we need a break, but we will be back. Stay tuned. Okay, the word of the day is persuaded. Now, persuaded Mm. means to cause someone to do something through reasoning or argument. So, this is what stood out to me in Acts 28, 30, or Acts 28, 23 through 24. It says, So a time was set, and on that day a large number of people came to Paul's lodging. He explained and testified about the kingdom of God and tried to persuade them about Jesus from the scriptures. Using the law of Moses and the book of prophets, he spoke to them from morning until evening. Some were persuaded by the things he said, but others did not believe. And in the ESV version, it says that he testified of the kingdom and tried to convince them. So mm. he is tirelessly sharing the message of Christ with those around him. And even as we read in the letters in Ephesians, he is going to use every ounce of strength to share this message of Christ. And it's crucial to note that his persuasion didn't rely solely on words. The people were also undoubtedly persuaded by his life, by the mm-hmm. trials we've been talking about that Paul had yeah. gone through. Yet Paul had gone through them with God, like God had brought them, brought him through them all. And then there was the fact that he was preaching the good news daily, even after being under house arrest. Paul lived out loud because every ounce of him believed in God, as we've seen. And then let's think about Ephesians 1 and 2. Um, we'll jump into 1 verses 4 and 5, even as he which God chose him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for 
adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will. So remember, Paul's writing this as he's mm-hmm. preaching in Rome. And then Ephesians 2, 8 through 9, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not the results of works, so no one may boast. So Ephesians reminds us that our faith results from God choosing and His grace. Our efforts do not save us. Paul's efforts did not physically save his body over and over again. It wasn't Paul that saved himself from the assassination attempt and from the shipwreck, and his efforts did not save his soul. It wasn't like Paul did anything. It's not like his preaching saved his soul. We, all of us, are saved through faith in Jesus Christ, a faith that God himself granted us. So just as Paul's words in Acts 28 persuaded some, we too are called to be persuaded by the message of the gospel. God's grace and love compel us to embrace the truth of Jesus. We are chosen. We are predestined for adoption. We are saved by God's gift of grace through faith. Our faith is not self-generated, It is, but it is a response to God's persuasive work in our hearts. So the fact that we have even turned to God is because God's been persuading our hearts to turn to Him. Um, mm-hmm. And so we're talking about God's Word, and growing in a community is only due to the divine persuasion drawing us into a deeper relationship. God chose you to be connected and reading God's Word. God chose Michelle and I. Um, he put it on our hearts that we may be in his words. It's God's persuasion that is leading us to him. And the us, the plural, is all of us. We're all here. We're all listening and sharing on this podcast mm-hmm. because God is drawing us to him. Um, and so let's just be inspired to share the message of Christ with others, not only through our words, but also through our lives like Paul lived out loud in a wavering, mm-hmm. unwavering faith. And just as Paul's life testified to the truth of the gospel, let our lives bear witness to the transformative power of God's grace. And that is what's going to persuade people when they see us. Yes, they, they, we need to tell them, but when they see us living out loud like Paul was, they will be persuaded. I, I love that you remind us that he lived out loud because it's, it was actions and it was his words. Like mm-hmm. Paul was persuasive. Because it was the combination between what he did, how he lived, but also what he said mm-hmm. and how he said it. And, you know, um, just as you were talking, Trisha, I was reminded of some words that Paul wrote before that in his letter to the Romans, um, in Romans 8, 38 and 39, he's, he says, for I am convinced and some translations say persuaded. So let's say, for I am persuaded that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, nor angels nor demons, neither our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or on the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And go back to the beginning of that little section, those two verses, for I am persuaded that Mm -hmm. nothing can ever separate us from God's love. I mean, Paul was persuaded like to the nth degree and and nothing could separate us from God's love. I mean, consider where this man came from. Consider consider who he was 
30 years prior, and he was hunting down Christians. And now he is a man who is saying, nothing can separate me from God's love. Nothing. And um, so that persuasion is a beautiful thing. Yeah. And the fact that he was the one hunting down Christians and now is just giving everything to share the gospel, like that gets people's attention. And, you know, sometimes we're like, oh, I don't know. I've done things in my past. Well, actually, when you start doing things for God, people are going to take notice and it is going to persuade them because they're going to see the difference in you. Uh, Thankfully, I'm a lot different than I was in high school. Getting in fist fights with other girls. We won't even bring those (laughs) things up, but I am very different now than I was in high school. And I hope that will persuade other people. Mm -hmm. But Michelle, would you pray for us today? I will do that. Oh, Father in heaven, we thank you. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for your word. We thank you that we are growing in you. And we are learning from Paul. We are learning from from who he is, his actions and his words and how he stood for you and how he was he was so emphatic in sharing mm-hmm. you, how he could persuade people to come to know you, how he could, he could share the right words in the right way. And, and we know that even if it wasn't in the right way or the right words, that you would use those ways and those words to change someone's heart. And so, Father, I just pray today that as we go about our day, that you would help us to live persuasive lives. Help us to be bold like Paul. Help us to live out loud. Help us to use our words that would persuade people, our actions that would persuade people. And I pray, Father, that we would just live strongly for you, that we would just live our lives that would appoint others to you. I pray that we would be in humble existence before you and that you would strengthen us every step of the way. We thank you, Father. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, we are sending you off with some daily encouragement to get into the Word and be the hands and feet of Jesus. Again, if you don't have the one-year chronological Bible that we are using, we have links to that Bible in our show notes. You can even find it in the Kindle format. Also in the show notes is a monthly and yearly schedule of the Bible reading plan that we are following. So tomorrow we are reading Ephesians 3, Ephesians 4, and the first part of Ephesians 5, verses 1 through 14. And I want to take a second here to thank the fantastic team at Life Audio. You would not be listening to Daily Bible Podcast without their guidance, help, and partnership, and their belief in Trisha and myself. LifeAudio.com has developed an excellent podcast podcast platform with you in mind. They have so many great Christian podcasts for kids, for moms, for dads, for people of all ages wanting to grow in their understanding of God. That's lifeaudio.com. And we will see you here tomorrow. Bye-bye.